You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three of the program. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. In about 12 minutes or so, 13 minutes, Adam Stanley, Sportsnet golf analyst. He'll be joining us live from Mexico. Live wrapped up. Um, Success? Maybe? What's next? Exactly. Investors? Maybe you. No, I'm step yeah, I, I didn't reference. watch any live. No. Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Um, we'll talk to Adam Stanley about that. And Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, CBS Sports, and host of the Ross Tucker podcast to wrap up the show. Still taking your text messages right now, 960, 960, name and location. We've been talking about it all show. What's that one movie that's on TV that once it's on, you can't stop watching? Give us the movie and the reason why. And if it's a good reason why. You'll win a hundred dollar gift card to Golf Town. It's that simple. It's not that hard. Not that hard. I would say it's that simple. Uh, Flames and Preds tonight down at the Dome. Two games left. The penultimate game of the eight game homestand for the and Calgary Flames Sprinkle against the Predators. Uh, Willie Donick, Nashville Predators play by play for Bally Sports South and ESPN Radio Nashville joins us. Willie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm going to put in a vote for the Godfather. Okay. Uh, for your candidate, and, yep. which will kill your day because it's a long movie, but it's very worth it. Uh, Shawshank Redemption's mine, and uh, we had Keith Yandel on. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes. Yeah. One, that's it. You're in. Are, are you? Is it okay if there's commercials, or it has to be commercial free? Oh, commercials and The Godfather, and then of course they usually show The Godfather two right after that. I mean, that could <laughs> that could hunker you down for an entire. <laughs> Day. So, I mean, you're getting nothing done if that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's a long day. All of a sudden, you're throwing that one out. Could be a problem. On to the next. Um, on to the next for the Predators. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened up in Edmonton uh, earlier this week. Well, they came out of the gate and they scored on their first shot and everything looked good. And for about three or four minutes, it looked like they were settling in and, and playing well. And then all of a sudden, uh, Leon Dreisaitl took over and you know, one goal became two, became three, and then uh, the fourth line got him for a fourth goal late in the first period, and it just was too big of a hole to climb out of. And it's sort of indicative of what's happened here for the Predators in this last stretch. They just, if it's not one thing, it's another. They're just, there's some breakdowns, there's some lack of execution at key times, and it's put them in a hole here after 10 games. Uh, they, they won the first two games in the European uh, the Global Series, they won back-to-back games against the Sharks, felt really good about how the entire preseason had gone, and they've only won one game since then. So they just have not found their game as a team uh, for the last couple of weeks. How did that trip overseas affect them to start the season? Well, first of all, it was a, a wonderful trip. I mean, a lifetime memory kind of thing. Going to Bern, Switzerland, where Roman Yossi grew up, where he is an absolute legend, and Nino Niederreiter, also from Switzerland, that was that was really special. That's that's about the greatest exhibition game I think I've ever seen in that in that arena there. And then they go to Prague, which was wonderful, uh, an incredible city which I had never been to, and they won the two games. So they had that, but there was a price to pay. The long trip over, uh, you know, the practices were not the normal practices you would have during training camp. They lost one exhibition game out of it. Um, so I do think it probably took their toll in the, the building blocks of the system that you usually have. And then you have to fly all the way back over 
the first two games they played against the Dallas Stars, they just had nothing in the tank at all. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a trade-off. It's something you would not trade in for sure, but hopefully their, their real game, their best identity is yet to come. Uh, Willie, you mentioned Nino Niederreier. How is he and Ryan McDonough fitting in in Smashville? Well, those are the two key guys for sure that they added from last year's team that they felt really good about. Uh, Nino Niederreiter has been good. He's, he's got five goals. Uh, he had a great series in Prague. He's been good since then. They played him with Ryan Johansson for the most part. Those two had very good chemistry going back to their junior days over in Portland. Uh, so that's been good. Ryan McDonough, I think, has had a little uh, harder time finding exactly the role that is best for him. He's a great player, and he lights up all the lights that you want for intangibles, leadership, locker room. Uh, they, they played him almost exclusively with Matthias Ekholm, two left-handed defensemen from the outset. And it started off well. It was going well in Prague, and then it sort of faltered uh, in some of the games after that. So they moved Matthias Ekholm back to the left side, and they've balanced the three pairs for now. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're going to go with that tonight. Uh, but McDonough's numbers have not been what they hoped he would be. The, the mm-hmm. overall defense, I would say. It's not all him, for sure. But it's, it's the overall defensive coverage has not been what they hoped it would be when they added a player of his caliber. Uh, they think that can get a lot better. Well, and, and that kind of leads right into my next question. UC Saros last year, for my money, was right in that Vesna conversation. And this year's sub-900 save percentage, the goals against is a little up there in, in eight games played. What have you seen from UC? Is it just uh, an, an effect of too many grade-A chances given up by this defensive structure right now? Well, on our broadcast, we use the sport logic numbers. And the number of grade-A chances that the team has given up is way too many. It's, it's startlingly high some night. It definitely was the other night in Edmonton. And so that's made it really tough on UC Saros. And I think you're right. He's, if you look at the numbers, the goals saved above expected, he's usually in the top five, top seven. The, the last couple of years he has been for sure. And his career save percentage coming into this year was 920. And so there's a high standard for, for UC Saros. So he's, he's not been bad at all, but he's been maybe a little bit better than average, but better than average for this team. Uh, you know, they need him to be really good, I think, to be the team that they want to be. So I think he's been good. He's been okay. Uh, he has not stolen the games uh, like he has for long stretches. Hopefully that will come, though. He has been traditionally a bit of a slow starter. And so usually it kicks in for him, and he goes on long stretches where he can be dominant. So that's what they're hopeful for. Ellie Tolvanen is the player who's really intriguing to me. He was 30th overall selection by the Predators in 2017. He comes over at the end of the 2020-21 season and is quite good. Ends up scoring 11 goals in the 40 games that he's here, but then a little bit of a sophomore slump. Do you feel like maybe we're seeing something similar with Tanner Janot, who had 24 goals last season in a real breakout year, and then this season three goals and four points in 10 games to start the season? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I you know, the, the line that Tanner Janot flourished with last year, Tanner Janot, Colton Sissons, and Jakob Trennan, they came together late in the season before. The, 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 the season where everybody played – 
just in their own division. For the Predators, it was the Central, but there were teams from the Eastern Conference that came over there. They were completely lost in the middle of March. And then here comes, here comes Tanner Janot, here comes Jakob Trenin, and they put this line together that we call the herd. And from that point all the way through last year, or at least until the end of last year, they really were making a huge impact on the team. They were setting the identity of the team. They haven't been quite as good. Uh, it started at the end of last year, and it's sort of carried over this year. They've had flickers, and Janot, he's come around a little bit. He's got three goals, I think, in his last six games or so uh, after going through a pretty long drought. So they're, they're all looking for their A game. These are all little reasons, I think, why you're seeing the team struggle a little bit. And so, you know, after, after Tuesday's game in Edmonton, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do, if they shake up the lineup at all or if they stick with it a little bit longer and try to ride it out. But individually, I think Juneau's been okay, but he hasn't hit the heights for sure that, that, that he was when he was really rolling last year. Uh, Willie, we love to get uh, out-of-market takes on the Calgary Flames. What's your read on Nashville's opponent tonight? Well, the the read I get is going to be – it's number one, it's going to be intriguing because this will be our first look at Calgary with the changes they made in the offseason. Uh, it, always, it always has you wondering, what are you going to get when a team has lost a couple of games? And I know they weren't real happy – with how the game ended the other night against Seattle. So uh, I'm guessing you're going to get a Daryl Sutter challenge, uh, and so maybe a little edge to the game. You know, I think the, the Predators are a team that really invites and loves the physical kind of game, but Calgary is one of the teams that can stand up to that, so that could be something really that's entertaining to watch uh, tonight. If you think back to the two games that the Predators played against the, the Flames last year at the end of the season, they really changed the direction of the of the Predators' year. UC Soros got hurt in the last game in the final minutes. David Riddick had to come in. He couldn't hold the lead. If they had won that game, they would have played the Flames in the first round. But instead, UC Soros gets hurt. They slip to the second wild card, and they got to go play the Avalanche without their best player, UC Soros. And you saw what happened. They got, they got blown away. Mm-hmm. Of course, most people blew away the Avalanche. But I would have loved to have seen these two teams go head-to-head in a series, I think it would have been just phenomenal to watch, which, of course, the Star Series against the Plains was pretty entertaining as it was. So I think you're going to see some physicality tonight. Um, You're going to see the Predators trying to find their overall team game that's been missing a little bit on a consistent basis. But I'm really curious to see what the Flames look like with their new people. Willie Donick, uh, Nashville Predators play-by-play for Bally Sports South and ESPN Radio Nashville. Uh, Willie, great stuff. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, that was Willie Donick on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Adam Stanley in a minute joining us live from Mexico. But uh, if you haven't been to, to Smashville for a hockey game, highly recommend. I've been there. They have a lot of these chants they like to do. Uh, they they chant at the goalie, it's all your fault when he mm-hmm. lets one in. Maybe don't go if you're going to watch the Flames. Maybe go and watch and play somebody else so you what? can really get but, invested. But why? Like what? You you want to get into the Nashville chance? Or? Yeah. Like I like to go to a building and watch them play a different team. Like when I went to Vegas, I got to watch them play the Canucks, and I was like, this is perfect. 
because I don't want to watch them play the Flames. Because ideally, I'd like to see the Vegas Golden Knights do good and the building be in its maximum fervor, right? Like right. that's I want to be the max. I want I don't get to be here often. I want it to be as wild and crazy as possible. And you don't want to be. be rooting for the Flames because you want them to win. Bingo. So there you go. Uh, it's a great place, uh, even around uh, the arena. Broadway, it's fantastic. The live music at the intermissions are fantastic. Yeah, Nashville is a great place to catch a game. How many highly, NHL highly barns have you been to? Oh boy, um, six or seven, I think. Less than ten. Yes, less than ten. We'll um, get into it another time. Uh, Toronto's a lifeless barn, by the way. Mm. Been there a few times. Yeah. Also got really greased when I was supposed to do intermissions there when I did the morning show in Toronto, which. <laughs> It's a story for another day. Uh, but right now on the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar <laughs> in guest hotline, Adam Stanley, Golf Insider, joining us live from Mexico. Tough gig. Uh, Adam, what's the weather like right now where you are? Oh, do we have to do this? <laughs> right right now, it is very humid. I think it's like 30 degrees outside. Because it was, I don't know if you guys know, but we had uh, Hurricane Lisa blew through a little south of uh, us yesterday. Okay. So it was a little wet and a little windy yesterday here. Uh, but we have since improved, and now it's just hot. Uh, you're covering the Worldwide Technology Championship at uh, Mayacopa. Uh, great name for a tournament, really long. But how tough is it? How tough is it, Adam, for the players to get used to the altitude in Mexico when the ball just travels a little further there? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's one of those weeks where this is definitely a resort. It's a resort style golf course. So for anyone who has had the pleasure of playing golf at a resort, you know, the fairways are super wide, the greens are super big. Uh, there's a lot of really pretty places on the golf course, but you know, this is, this is a long golf course. Uh, it's also got its own unique challenges. I mean, it is essentially built out of a, out of a Mexican jungle. So there's, you know, six or seven ocean side holes or six or seven holes uh, that are basically traversing through a, a jungle navigating problem as well and, and these guys have to get used to it, it it's, it's unlike basically any other golf course uh, on the pga tour so it's got its own set of challenges if the you know finding the fairway isn't uh, isn't too difficult getting on the green isn't too difficult but it's it's got its own set the elevation is one like you said and the humidity is another uh limited canadians in this field but who are you keeping an eye on for this one uh, down to mexico yeah, I mean, we've got uh, four Canadians are, are in the field this week. Uh, probably our, quote, bigger names have, you know, decided to stay at home all, all for various reasons. Of course, Mackenzie Hughes already won this fall, so he's got uh, a lot of money in the bank and a lot of points in the bank as well. And Corey Connors has had a long year. He played the President's Cup, and, and he's off to Japan for an exhibition pretty soon. And Taylor Pendrith just had a baby, actually, uh, last week. Him and his wife uh, had their first baby. So he's, he's off for the next little while. But we've got Adam Hadwin. Adam Spenson, Nick Taylor, and uh, and Michael Gligic are here. You know, I like Hadwin uh, this week out of that Canadian foursome. I think he's got, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the swing changes that he's been working on over the last year or so uh, have started to to really just tighten up, and, and he's feeling good mentally. He's feeling good physically with those changes. It's not a, an easy thing to go through uh, when you're on the PGA Tour to make a, a big change. So, you know, I like him. Uh, I like him this week. He, I talked to him yesterday for a few minutes, and, and he's feeling really confident about his changes and about his game and, and how he's feeling this week. Uh, Adam, we know there's really no offseason in golf, but generally after the FedEx Cup playoffs, there's a downtime before we kick things off in Hawaii in the new year. How do those guys manage the offseason when, well, it is golf, you got to constantly play and practice to stay yeah. sharp, but obviously tournament golf is a hell of a lot different than playing at your local club that a lot of these guys do during the offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, you see some of the bigger bigger names in the sport, you know, adding in one or two events in the fall. I mean, this week, uh, Scotty Scheffler's here. If he wins, he's got a chance to get to number one in the world. Colin Morikawa's here, uh, number nine in the world. Victor Hovland's looking for his third win at this tournament all in a row. Uh, he's, I think, 14 or 15th in the world as well. So, you know, some of these guys will do it. You know, it's, you saw at the CJ Cup uh, last week or the other week, uh, Rory McIlroy was in that field, and he won that tournament, of course, to get to number one in the world. So, you know, it, it's a unique sport insofar as it, it doesn't really have an offseason, but it's starting to have an offseason. I mean, the, the schedule is going to be changing next year. Uh, they're going to basically have this two portions of it, the FedEx Cup season, which will end at Labor Day, and then they're going to have the secondary portion of the season in, in the fall where if guys want to choose not to play, uh, they'll have essentially four months off. So, so you're right. Physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, it's a, it's a big grind for these guys to, to come out and, and do this as long as they do it, uh, especially with the travel that's involved in like basically any other sport. Um, and how will, they, how will they manage an off season? That seems to be a, a kind of an unanswered question. All these guys who have been on the tour for five or ten years they, they just have never had one. So you ask them, hey, what are you going to do with three months off? They're kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> take up painting or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, I uh, wanted to ask you about that number one player in the world, because you know right now Rory McIlroy is the number one player in the world. And when Tiger Woods was number one for years and years and years, even when he wasn't number one, we knew he was still the best golfer in the world. How much cachet does that still have on tour right now? I know it's obviously a major accomplishment when ranking-wise you're number one in the world. But on tour, do you guys really care that much who the number one player is or they care about more form and who's the guy to beat that week? I think it's more that. It's more, you know, Hovland has a a gigantic target on his back this week because he's won this tournament two times in a row. He's going to try to make some history winning three times in a row. Uh, And and so this week, the guy is, is... Victor Hovland and Hovland's, you know, 15 or 16 in the world, like I said, hasn't won on tour since this event last year and has kind of been not so much in the mix, very much at all. Uh, but it's like I said, Scotty Scheffler, if he wins, he, he gets the number one in the world um, and just is kind of the, the overall world number one. So uh, week to week, it changes. Uh, I think certainly being number one in the world obviously has, has some cachet, some tug for sure. Uh, I think just the way that Rory has become the global voice of the sport over the last 18 months or so uh, because Rory's uh, talk has been backed up by his fabulous play mm-hmm. on the course. He, as world number one, uh, you know, has a little bit more of a pump out his chest kind of kind of action for him, whereas if Scotty wins and becomes world number one, you know, he's a little bit shy, he's a little bit quieter, he hasn't really said much of, of anything. He's, pre- he's a pretty chill guy on the golf course and off. So, you know, if he becomes number one, it's not arguably as big a deal as as with Rory being number one, um, but hey, being number one at the at the sport that you're you made a living out of is certainly something very important. Speaking of Rory, um, he and Tiger joint venture called uh, I believe it's Tomorrow Sports TMRW Sports, um, where they're going to be doing this new Monday Night Golf League in stadiums involving a lot of tech. The idea sounds super cool, yeah. and when it was announced, I was very excited. But you always have a little bit of trepidation. How are you going to back this? It sounds very expensive, all that jazz. But then they came out with their list of investors, and it's got a little bit of everything. If you're into tennis, Serena Williams is involved, football, Tony Romo, Sidney Crosby for hockey, Shohei Otani for baseball, Steph Curry for basketball, Lewis Hamilton for F1. They got Ninja involved for the gaming community. Like, what is going to come of this? What is the next step? What more have we learned lately? Because I'm very excited. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it's still a lot of like, what is this? But I think huh. I'm I'm pumped, you know. <laughs> and I thought I thought you were going to keep going with the uh, with the names of the investors that are in there because go forever. You know, the, the folks. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the hit was only 12 minutes, but uh, the, the guys that are probably more important, arguably more impressive, certainly from a financial side of things, are the guys who are in the finance world who are putting you know, money into this thing. They're the guys that nobody knows who who have you know a lot a lot of the cash. Uh, like you said, two Canadians involved with this: Sidney Crosby, of course, and Steve Nash, uh, who now is no longer employed by the uh, by the Nets, so he's got something else that he can be doing uh, as well here. So two Canadians involved, which is pretty unique. I, I think that's the curious thing, though. Sidney Crosby, of course, an all-time hockey player. Steve Nash involved with basketball. Serena Williams with tennis, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what exactly is this from the golf side of things? Uh, it's basically you know, a, a series of, of simulator challenges. Uh, you know, If we're not going to see Tiger Woods play four rounds of 18 holes, hey, it's going to be pretty darn cool to see him you know, rip slingers. Uh, you know, into a into a screen every every week on a Monday night against Rory, against Justin Thomas, against Colin Morikawa. That's going to be pretty darn cool. The other side of it is is what are these other sports and how are they going to be involved in this digital simulator strategy or, or process? I think all of that remains to be seen. But they have nailed down an impressive and robust list of people who are involved in sport in in globally and that i think is something that yeah. people are going to be paying a lot of attention to over the next year or so uh adam i know we're kind of short on time but uh live golf wrapped up um last weekend um all of a sudden uh a lot of people were anti live golf it's never going to be close to the pga tour it's just a joke of a tour guys just chasing the money but did did it end up being better than maybe you expected and how the tournaments ran out and how competitive it was yeah, I mean, I think your your final point, guys chasing the money, remains incredibly accurate. They they did, <laughs> they did exactly that. Um, but you can't really knock the performance of Dustin Johnson or of Cam Smith or of the guys who are or Brooks Kepka who won one of those tournaments. Guys who are still some of the, some of the best in the world showed that. And it just happened to be on the live golf side of things and not PGA tour. So yeah, I think there's a lot of questions still about the, the world golf rankings because they obviously didn't get any points this summer. Um, but what will Greg Norman and the live golf folks do to have their guys earn ranking points? They're trying all these little sideways things of doing it. Um, but it, it was probably less disappointing than a lot of people thought. I think Dustin mm. Johnson continues to be one of the best in the world. Uh, Cam Smith continues to be one of the best in the world. Brooks Kepke had a nice comeback from injury and et cetera as well. Um, and will I be engaged and curious next year? I think it's going to have a lot more of that shiny new syndrome still next year. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the best players in the world continue to play on, on the PGA Tour week in and week out. Uh, Adam Stanley, Golf Insider, joining us live uh, from Mexico. Adam, try to enjoy the weather, okay? Try to try to persevere. <laughs> sun, the sun has just started to, peer, to peek out here a little oh. bit, so we'll we'll do our best. Yeah. Okay, uh, stay uh, nice and tanned in Mexico. Thanks for this, Adam. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. See you. Uh, there's Adam Stanley on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Adam Stanley and Willie Donick were both brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout and delivery. Call 403-248. 3344, or dine in an Atlas Pizza, 6060 yep. Memorial Drive, Northeast. That'd be. 30 degrees, humid, not bad. 
I don't know. I'd rather be here where it's slushy, gross, freezing. I wow. hate it here. Just the snow. I, okay. One beautiful be, city. It could be humid. And it's a beautiful city. I like it here. Uh, the Thursday Niners a game tonight. Uh, it's the Eagles and Texans. Tee up that. And we got to ask about the Buccaneers. Like, how in trouble are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Our man, Ross Tucker, CBS Sports host of the Ross Tucker Podcast, straight ahead. And we'll give away that $100 gift card to Golf Town. Uh, what's that one movie that's on TV that once it's on, you're done? You got to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that movie and why? 960960, name and location. We'll give that away. One more segment to go. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We Straight ahead, we still got to give away the $100 gift card to Golf Town. Talked about it earlier on the show. Went to bed super late last night because mm-hmm. I got fished in watching John Wick. Ah. And that spurned the conversation What's the one movie that's on TV that you watch that once it's on, that's it, and you got to watch the end of it? How far into the flick were you? Pretty early? Uh, yeah. Pretty early into the well, movie. Too. How, how was the pup at this point when you turned on the movie? Uh, it, no, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the pup was no longer with the us. The pup wasn't doing so yeah, hot, so hey? So then he got upset. He was a little angry? Yeah, vengeance. Running uh, a bit ho- That's right. Vengeance. Vengeance had to be had. Uh, what's that movie and why? 960, 960 on the text line, name and location. The why is the most important. We'll give away uh, the gift card to wrap up the show. But right now, uh, NFL Insider, CBS Sports, host of the Ross Tucker Podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Ross Tucker. Ross, how are you? Awesome. How are you guys doing? Good. Ross, what's that movie that it's on TV that that's it? You got to watch the rest of it. Ooh. Um, there's several. Mm. I, I really like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yes, I yeah. think that's I think that's such a good movie, and it's like I almost feel like I need to watch the rest of it to support Andy Dufresne. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. if he's gonna if he's gonna dig his way out of the prison, I I I can stay up for another forty five minutes, right? And crawl through five hundred yards, the most unspeakable thing ever. Uh, Shawshank is, is definitely my go-to. Uh, we had um, um, The Fugitive, too, was talked about on the show. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, I'm also pretty partial to um, pretty partial to sports movies, so like if Hoosiers is on, mm-hmm. that, that's a tough one to turn off. Hoosiers is a tough one to turn off. Uh, have you ever seen Slapshot? You know, I have, but I don't know if I've ever watched it like start to finish. Mm. I think I've watched 75% of it seven to 10 times, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I've oh, never yeah. been like, I'm going to watch Slapshot, but that is a movie that if it's on, it's just so hilarious that I watch it. Okay. But I don't know that I've ever like watched the whole thing. Mm. Okay, Ross. So I'm going to give you a bit of homework. Have you ever seen Young Blood, the Canadian cult classic hockey movie starring Patrick Swayze? and Keanu Reeves and Rob Lowe. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but I've heard about it. It's awesome. What a great what a great uh, list of, of actors. Yes. Uh, and Cynthia Gibb in that movie is just super quality. So Youngblood, if you get a chance, I know you're super busy football season. Youngblood is a hockey movie to watch. You'd be like, wow, I can't believe I've lived my life without watching Youngblood. Highly recommend Ross Tucker. 
That's awesome. Okay. Uh, we got a game tonight. Uh, Eagles and Texans potentially could be a blowout. I've been talking about this uh, all day. I like the Eagles minus seven and a half first half because they've been the best second quarter team in all of football. Do you think this one, can the Texans even keep this remotely close tonight? Ooh, that's interesting. Well, I'm actually in Houston and mm. I'll be calling the game tonight for Westwood one. I don't know if you guys carry that or not, but I'll be calling the uh, Texans Eagles tonight nationally for Westwood one, you know, Football is a funny game, and it's a short week on the road. The Phillies are playing turnovers with a great equalizer, and that's about that's about all I got for you. Um, <laughs> the Eagles are really, really good. The Texans are not. You know, the Texans probably have to win the turnover margin by at least two to probably win, have a chance to win the game. I don't really see that happening. I do kind of like the bet, though, because the Eagles have been so good in the second quarter of the uh, the over seven and a half or, or laying seven and a half. Because also yep. it's like then you're not worried about the backdoor cover late when they're already up by 20 hmm. and the Texans score with a minute left to lose by 13, you know? Ross, you, you played in some cities that are great sports cities. You know, uh, Dallas, Buffalo, they've got other teams that also take up some of the some of the cycle in the sports. And uh, I feel like I might be grasping at straws here, but I think the only thing that could get in the way of a Phillies win is maybe if they got a little too after it uh, for game three of the World Series earlier this week. Were you ever in a situation where you were playing football, but there was another team in town that was doing really well at the same time and it might have been a little bit of a distraction? I'm trying to think. Um, not not enough that I remember it. Hmm. You know, like not, not enough that I that I recall. I think probably like the Dallas Stars were good when I was in Dallas. Um, maybe the Sabers in Buffalo. But the interesting thing about that is like, you know, football season's over before they really get to that point of the year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, would ha- it would almost have to be a baseball team, and it would have to be like the World Series, like the Eagles are going through. And I never experienced that, no. Uh, Ross, I have to ask you this question, because we saw it uh, last week. Um, the Flames tweeted out their uh, Calgary Flames, their Halloween party photos and stuff. What's the Halloween parties like in the NFL? Because you're in the middle of a season. I get it. Guys are banged up always focusing on Sunday. But when you played in the league, did you go to Halloween parties? How was that? Did you dress up? Like, what was it like being Halloween in the National Football League? You know, I, I don't really remember Halloween parties in the NFL. Really? It's funny mm. that you say that. Yeah, I, I don't really. I remember Thanksgivings. Yeah. And I remember, like, you know, guys inviting me over for Thanksgiving or us all getting together for Thanksgiving. I remember a teammate in Dallas inviting me over on Christmas. Um, but I don't ever really remember Halloween being that big of a deal. It's kind of a, hmm. you know, people don't understand. We used to call it like the submarine, right? But the, when, when the first day of NFL training camp happens, other than maybe a day or two for the bye week, I went into the team facility every single day for whatever it was, six months. Every day. So, like, Tuesday is the quote-unquote off day. 
but not really. I mean, you're still in there getting a workout in, getting treatment, watching film to prepare for the next team. Tuesday's just cool because you're able to kind of do it on your own time. You know, it's like you don't have to uh, you don't have to be at a certain meeting at a certain time. But I say all that to say, you know, you kind of give up Thanksgiving. You, you kind of give up mm. Halloween and, and Christmas. And, you know, I'm not saying people should feel bad for me. They shouldn't <laughs> or feel bad for professional athletes at all. But every job has some downsides to it. And that's one of them. I mean, the other thing is, like, you know, you don't get to go to any games. <laughs> you know, you don't get to, like, right. tailgate or go to any games because you're always playing. It's why, you know, the first thing that every player looks at when the schedule comes out is the bye week. The first thing. People are always like, oh, you look at the opener when you're playing the division games. It's like, no, bro, I'm looking at when I'm off. Right. So I'm, I'm looking at when I'm off and, you know, you kind of hope that maybe it's homecoming for your high school or your college or a big game. And you can actually go back and, and be there and enjoy yourself and be able to be able to have a good time and be like a quote unquote, normal, normal person in their twenties. So no, I don't, you know, I'm sure I went to a Halloween party at some point. But I don't, I don't really remember that being that big of a deal. Interestingly, mm. Um, how long did it take you to recover after a game day? How long were you sore after a Sunday? Well, that varied greatly depending on time of year, who we played, how much I played. Um, I'd say by Wednesday I was fine. You know, Monday you're really sore. Tuesday you're, at least for me, you're a little sore. Hmm. And then... I'd say by Wednesday, uh, which is good because that's when you have your hard practice. <laughs> I'd say by Wednesday, you know, I was usually ready to go. Are there any teams that you played that you saw on the schedule and you're like, oh, man, I, I might not be able to walk on Monday just because you knew that a certain organization had that, that, that rep? Steelers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Steelers. I remember, you know, no matter what year I played them, there's like a standard there with that organization and those guys hit and those guys get after it. And, you know, you see this a lot in college where a team has a reputation and because of it, they win a lot and they're like a blue blood, they're Alabama or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because in the NFL, you don't really have that because it's pros and guys move teams, but, the Steelers, and to a lesser extent, the Ravens, they really have created a culture there of physicality, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Ross Tucker, NFL insider, CBS Sports host of the Ross Tucker Podcast, joining us here on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show Ruskin Rose, Sports at 960 The Fan. Um, looking ahead to Sunday, how big is that Bucks and Rams game uh, for both of those teams, Ross? Gigantic. Yeah, I mean... Um, absolutely gigantic, especially I'd say for the Rams. I mean, really for both, but I still think even with, if they lost this game, the Bucks might be able to win the NFC South, mm. but if the Rams lose, hard to imagine them winning the NFC West. And then you're really being, you know, flirting with danger 
to try to be a wild card. So it's huge for both teams, but probably a little more so for the Rams. Ravens acquired Roquan Smith uh, at the trade deadline earlier on this week. Is that the, the missing piece that they needed to win that division, especially coupled with a Bengals loss to the Browns back on Monday? You know, um, it's interesting because I had Greg Cosell, the NFL Films legend, who is on the Ross Tucker podcast every Thursday. And he thinks Roquan Smith's a good player. You know, he says he makes a lot of tackles, but he doesn't really think he's a difference-making impact linebacker, you know, like a Fred Warner that makes game-changing plays or makes a big difference in coverage. He kind of thinks he's just a good player. So, look, he's better than what the Ravens had next to Patrick Queen. And, um, you know, that certainly can help them. But I just thought that was interesting because I assume with what they gave up for him, they're going to pay him a lot of money. And it doesn't really seem like, you know, Greg really thought on today's Raw Tiger podcast that Roquan was really all that great, to be honest with you. Hmm. So the the maybe more impactful move would probably be Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins, then signing that big money deal. Yeah, for sure. But even that one interests me because I think uh, I think there's actually a similarity there. You know, the reality is, if you're a great player, you rarely get traded like that. I mean, it's happening more now, but. Hmm. It's not that often, but really, I, I guess I just think Brad. I never thought Bradley Chubb was an elite player. Like he's not Micah Parsons. He's not T.J. Watt. Right? right? Makes me wonder what like Micah Parsons' contract will be. I mean, it's. I, I think Bradley Chubb's a good player, but he's torn an ACL. He's had a foot injury. He's missed a bunch of games. He's been good, but not. I mean, he's always kind of been second fiddle there to Vaughn when he was there, and the the Dolphins are trading for him and paying him like he's a big-time difference-making player, which is interesting. Uh, Ross, before I let you go, uh, I wanted to ask you your perspective. You talk about elite players. Uh, We saw what Tony Pollard did for the Dallas Cowboys last week against the Bears, and we know that Jerry Jones saying, oh, no, Ezekiel Elliott's still my number one running back. He's still going to be the guy getting the majority of the carries. That's great, but being a guy who played in the league and on teams – we all see it, right? That Pollard's the better back. He's the more explosive back. How would that play in the locker room? Well, I think it's to the point now where they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play uh, Pollard more because the guys know and they want to win. And I, I think everybody likes Zeke. They respect him because he blocks because he does a lot of things. But man, I, I do think. That's a situation where the coaching staff needs to, I think they need to massage it carefully because of Zeke's ego, but they got to give Pollard more touches. These guys know the deal now. Ross Tucker, NFL insider, CBS Sports, host of the Ross Tucker podcast, and as homework to watch the movie Youngblood. If you're on a flight and you got some time, check out Youngblood, Ross Tucker. Ooh, it sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds right up my alley. I would love to. I'm, I'm, I've heard of it. I just yep. never actually had a chance to watch. I'm going to get in on that. Okay. We, we got to get one of our local breweries to send you some of our IPAs. You can have a couple IPAs, watch a hockey movie, wow. real Canadian evening for you. 
That would be amazing. I'm sponsored by Labatt Blue Light now, so that would be perfect, too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love, again, you're, you're the man, Ross. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for this. See you guys. Uh, there's Ross Tucker on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in an Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive. Northeast. You've seen Youngblood, right? What? You've seen the movie Youngblood? No. I've told you my how I sit on, on sports films, George. I never watched them as a kid. Yeah. I would rather watch sports now than watch a sports movie as an adult. Right. So there's I'm a, a sucker lot that I've never movies. seen. I'm I know. a sucker because I, I love the sports. It makes... It, it, it's... I kind of stand alone in this particular industry as someone who doesn't love sports films. Uh, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that type of stuff and, and kind of like to separate a little bit. It's a lot of sports all the time. So every once in a while, I like to watch some guys fly around in space or slay a dragon, something dumb like that. Okay. Um, but when you see Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Uh, Sutton. Attractive man. He's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Rob yeah. Lowe. Sure. Like yeah. young, handsome Rob Lowe. I do love Rob Lowe. Coach Chadwick. Oh, you just want a 20-year 20, a 20 no-cut contract in a house in Bora Bora. I think that's what Jonathan Huberto asked Brad Tree Living, but Tree <laughs> said no. In Montreal at that yeah. dinner? Yeah. Um, it was a 20-year no-cut contract in a house in Bora Bora. That should be uh, the, the Austin Matthews ask uh, when he's a free agent. 20-year uh, no-cut contract, house in Bora Bora. Uh, we, we, the text line is just... Rammed. So many text messages Rammed. today. We love our listeners. We love the feedback. Uh, we asked you because this all stemmed from uh, I was up super late last night because John Wick was on television and I got roped in. Way too late for yeah morning roll. Yeah. Like, like a, how, how hard do you get to crush a nap today? I am going to hammer a nap after his show. Going to be three or four hours of me just passed out. Maybe so much so that I wake up and I'm all disoriented. Oh, like yeah. what time... What day? What day? What's happening? What did I sleep through? Am I work? late? <laughs> so that's probably going to happen today, but I'm going to hammer a nap before the Flames and Preds tonight, which we got you covered all day. Uh, the Pat Steinberg telethon starts at 4 p.m. with Flames Talk. <laughs> uh, Pat has Wes Gilbertson on at 4, then Ryan Pike at 5, then Peter Labardis at 6. He's also taking pledges during the Flames <laughs> broadcast for a local charity. Because Pat's a legend. Kid sport. Sure. Like, I, like, I'm not making fun of Pat Steinberg. I'm just saying, the guy is so integral to the radio station. Oh, like, he like, got sick? What would we do? Like, I don't know what Fold? we would do. Turn the lights off? It's not like you and I could host nine hours of Flames Talk. No. Good Lord, no. no. Never going to happen. Nope. Nope. Maybe Logo could. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Because well, he's been there with a listen, he, he's he's a part of the Pat Steinberg telephone. I could do it. Listen, I've done it before. Yeah. Last year I, I I did Flames Talk with Pat. We went four to seven, and then we would do Flames games, and then I would leave and he would stay there for four more hours and do the post game show. Yeah. And talk to all his pals and on talk the post game show. Overtime all guys. his friends. And, and 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 that's just the stuff on the air. Like he's also the first guy at practice because he's got to get you the lines. He's always got that on Twitter. He's the last guy to leave. He's in every scrum. The guy's the best. He's a legend. Absolute legend. Uh, did you pick a winner? Did I pick a winner? No. You haven't picked a winner yet for this? No. Okay. Um, I like a few here. Um, Rob in High River, point blank. Uh, surfers robbing banks, ex-footballer, FBI agent, 
Uh, shootouts, foot chase, need I say more? Johnny, Johnny Utah. <laughs> Love it. That's pretty good. Um, I do like that. Kevin in Calgary, Django. Uh, acting is superb. Outfits are outstanding. Language is foul. Very. And dumbass racists getting killed in the most satisfactory ways. Satisfactory That's awesome. ways. Uh, I believe the N-word is said in that movie once. Is it? Really? I think once. Yeah. Twice. That's like in Glorious Bastards. I think there's yeah. some slurs in that as well. Uh Oh no! And that's another. Can film you read that I Kyle's? Do I don't want to say the wrong name of the city. Um, he's he's Clooney, too, right near the top. Clooney, there. yeah, as in George Clooney, yeah. Kyle and Clooney die hard because I get to say yippee kaye mother mm, when I was a kid. <laughs> and let's not get into whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. That's not even Christmas. We can no. get into that way uh, later. Uh, Adam in Calgary, Naked Gun, can't turn it off. Not only is it nonstop laughs, it's still funny by today's standards. And ending with a baseball game with Leslie Nielsen umpiring, as Enrico <laughs> Palazzo, is the ultimate culmination that can't be missed. So you have to watch it to the end. Naked Gun is pretty good. I it's, do like the Naked That's a, a favorite it's pretty of my good. It's, it's good. Uh, Jeremy and uh, Douglas Dale? Yep. Groundhog Day. Bill Murray is hilarious, and the story is brilliant. My wife and I throw sarcastic comments from the flick seemingly daily. This is the one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. <laughs> it's a great. It's. I think we got to give it to Jeremy when you put a quote of the movie. That's a good quote too. It is a good quote. I love every all the text. There's so many. You guys are so awesome. Uh, another chance to win a hundred dollar gift card. But I think we got to give it to Jeremy and Douglas Dale. What do you think? Shout out Jeremy and Douglas Dale for putting the actual quote that him and his wife. Uh, bandy back and forth. Uh, you definitely got to give it to Jeremy and Douglas Dale. Great job, everybody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for another edition of The Big Show. We'll break down the Flames and Preds tonight down at the Dome. Uh, enjoy listening to the Pat Steinberg Telethon, and we'll mix in the Flames and Predators on the radio station <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Fantastic.